Hi, and welcome to a special episode of PVP's Slush Pile, the all Abu Dhabi, all the time edition. We take more time than other editorial boards, but we stand behind our methodology, so much so that we're going to share our process with you through this podcast. Welcome to the editorial table. I'm Marion Wren. I am the co-editor of Painted Bride Quarterly. I've been working with the magazine for a really long time. Um, and I also uh, serve as the director of the writing program here at NYU Abu Dhabi. And this special episode of our slush pile features our editorial board here in Abu Dhabi. So this is the all Abu Dhabi, all the time team. And I'm going to introduce first um, Ben Hackenberger. Ben, do you want to say who you are and what you do? And um, I'm Ben Hagenberger. I'm a global academic fellow here at NYU Abu Dhabi. Um, I work in writing specifically. Um, I graduated from Pomona College last year, and I'm interested in writing about spaces and architecture specifically. Nice. Um, and we also have Anna Peterson with us. Hi, I'm Anna Peterson. I am also a global academic fellow in writing at NYU Abu Dhabi. And um, I graduated from Haverford College in Philadelphia, though I wasn't a part of that editorial board, unfortunately. Um, and I've been on the editorial board here for about a year. Um, and speaking of Philadelphia, we also mm -hmm. have here on our Abu Dhabi team, Samantha Neugerbauer. Hi, I'm Samantha. I'm originally from Philadelphia as well, and I am the associate director of first year students here at the university. Um, I like uh, reading and writing coming-of-age stories, and this is my second year working on the magazine. Wonderful. Thank you so much, all of you, for being here. And we also have um, behind all of this fabulous technology tonight, Richard Lennon, who is producing and engineering the show. This is Richard Lennon here, longtime PBQ Slush Pile listener, first-time producer-engineer. Glad to be with you. Thank you, Richard, for joining us. Um, we have three poems to talk about tonight, and I'm really excited to hear um, both the work read aloud, to read it on the page, um, and to hear what you think about these poems by Brittany Scott. Um, and without further ado, why don't we just get started? Um, the first poem is called After the Hunt. Does somebody want to read it? Who feels courageous? I can read it. Thanks, Anna. Okay. After the Hunt. Here's the body the dogs robbed, the limbs strewn around the field like prophecy. She won't make it, they say. They say the body found in her bed was eaten right through to the floral mattress. They had to shut her eyes because she would not stop blinking up at a bone marrow colored sky, enjoying her party, the confetti of her flayed body. The dogs got sick on her form, the remains of her last meal of steamed artichoke grapes, mercy and rejection. Didn't know, don't know what's good for one, don't they know what's good for one will poison another, so they say. They say the dogs died in a circle, and she rose the next day to bury them and bring flowers to their graves. Yowzers. Okay, those are some images. <laughs> what do you think? I have to say I was also absolutely blown away by what was going on with bodies and the dogs. Um, and, yeah, I think there's definitely something to say about that. That first week <laughs> there, that's, I don't, I really... <laughs> It's just wow, right, yeah, right, right there at the beginning. Okay, Ben. But okay, so here's the the body the dogs robbed, the limbs strewn around the field like prophecy. She won't make it, they say, right? So is the, the is the body a human body or the body another dog? Oh wow, thinking up at bone marrow sky, which is such a uh, the Django 
It, right. Yeah. Enjoying right. her party, the confetti of her flayed body. Mm -hmm. The dogs got sick on her form. And I imagine that her is is the human, right? Mm -hmm. The remains right. of her last meal of steamed artichoke, grapes, mercy, and rejection. Don't they know what's good for one will poison another? So they say. So I guess that's the part that confuses me. Like mm -hmm. who's who's what what's the what there? What's good for one will poison another. It makes me think about the actual theme of this and the current obsession and interest in crime narrative and mm. uh, shows um, like True Detective where you see all this gruesome, violent imagery and and is it good for us? Is it bad for us? What does it say about us that we want to keep looking at it, that we like and we enjoy reading a poem like this? Mm. Right, Samantha, right? So I, I, get, I get stuck on the end there, right? They say the dogs died in a circle mm -hmm. and she rose the next day mm -hmm. to bury them and bring flowers to their graves. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess, you know, that asks and answers my questions. Mm -hmm. I got confused. Was it like a human being who died or the mm -hmm. dog, a dog who died? It's clearly a human being and the dogs mauled her like mm -hmm. body, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. what the, the narrative is, right? And then you get this sort of ghostly image of her arising to bury them at the end. Right, right. There's this cyclicality which is mirrored in that line. They say the dogs died in a circle, right? And it's starting with here, here's the body the dogs robbed and then ending with her burying the dogs, which I think is beautiful. Um, yeah. But I think I'm a little bit confused about this move to forgiveness on her part of mm -hmm. saying she rose the next day to bury them and bring flowers to their graves. And I know that that's echoed earlier with the, the remains of um, her last meal of steamed artichoke grapes, mercy and rejection and that yeah. mercy there. Um, but I guess I'm not sure what's causing that forgiveness. Mm. Right. Because I was also thinking about sort of this moment when there's, there's a turn in this poem, right? The first, um, the first part is really about the drama of what happened and how um, how violent it is, right? And then all of a sudden, the dogs are the ones who are suffering, right? The dogs got mm -hmm. sick on her form. But then there's a moment where it just returns to the remains of her last meal, which speaks to me totally about, Samantha, what you were saying, um, about sort of the drama of discovering a body right and mm -hmm. what did this body eat yeah it almost seems see like it. forensic right? yeah, yeah absolutely totally right. forensic. yeah but it's the mercy is what sticks out yeah. there right because it's okay steamed artichoke grapes yeah steamed artichoke grapes um mercy and rejection and i can totally imagine how rejection fits into how you would feel after um, laying in your own confetti body. Yeah. Um, but but mercy, like were you thinking it was mercy that she showed? Yeah. Right. Well, but I'm also seeing a little bit of Jesus imagery, right? Of the remains of her last meal sounding like last totally. supper. Mm -hmm. And then um, she rose the next day, right? And the mercy too, right? And prophecy, prophecy just the word totally. itself. Yeah. But the juxtaposition of that, right? So mm -hmm. on one, it, it hits this register of the biblical, right? Mm -hmm. Like the last meal. But then the last meal is steamed artichokes right. and mercy and rejection, and rejection, right? Like it's it's this like wild little mm. ditty of juxtaposition there, mm -hmm. right? So, and I, I guess the creepiness of the poem, right? I, I want to pin blame on the dogs and then mm -hmm. I don't want to because, but the title is After the Hunt. Here's the body, the dogs robbed, long dash, 
right? Like that's the mm. first line, right? Mm. But if the dogs are robbing the body, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like they were the cause of the death. But the title is after the hunt as if the dogs had pursued her. Either way, that sets us up in like some creepy ass territory, right? Like what is the setting of this poem? It does feel like, you know, mm-hmm. gothic crime right. narrative, you know, opening scene of some wonderfully terrible <laughs> HBO series that yes. starts with a dead body on a bridge. <laughs> it it also strangely makes me think of the Billy Joel song about <laughs> we didn't start the fire, it was always oh burning. God. Like this idea that this idea that the body the dogs robbed. So there was a chain reaction. So yeah. the dogs were influenced by something else. Maybe someone else hurt the body who was influenced by something else. And the fact that we're just going to keep going on. There's going to be this cycle of forgiveness, of destruction, forgiveness, destruction. And who's the cause? We don't know. But the only way to get through it is just to keep going on and keep forgiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's also really interesting that that first word choice of robbed, right? I mean, because it's clear that they tore her apart, that they ate her, right? But they cho- she chose the word robbed to signify something, I feel like, more human in that, right? Mm-hmm. Like humans rob humans. Dogs don't rob humans. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, it gave such an immediacy to that first scene that we get right before mm-hmm. this turn where the do- where um, the dogs are sick it she is present in that the entire time right yeah. like mm-hmm. witness to her own robbing um which I think is very interesting mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know why she's still alive right okay but like because, so yeah <laughs> I so here's a, I, if it's all right with you guys I want to read the poem again like yeah. now that we've sort of like mulled it over and chewed on it pardon the pun <laughs> 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 right um uh I, I kind of like I want to put the, those pieces back together so give it a listen right so unless somebody wants to read it does some Ben do you want to read it or Anna mm-hmm. do you want to read it or some okay. you can read it all right yeah. I'm going in I'm going in <laughs> all right after the hunt here's the body the dogs robbed the limbs strewn around the field like prophecy. She won't make it, they say. They say the body found in her bed was eaten right through to the floral mattress. They had to shut her eyes because she would not stop blinking up at a bone marrow colored sky, enjoying her party, the confetti of her flayed body. The dogs got sick on her form. The remains of her last meal of steamed artichoke, grapes, mercy, and rejection. Don't they know what's good for one will poison another? So they say. They say the dogs died in a circle and she rose the next day to bury them and bring flowers to their graves. All right. You guys ready to vote? You want to talk more about it? One, one thing I'll mention is that hearing it the second time, I'm still compelled by the language, but the language doesn't seduce me in the same way that I can ignore the end part mm-hmm. that I feel is not as strong when you say, so they say, period, they say. And I didn't hear that the first time around, but mm-hmm. the second time, knowing what to expect, this grotesqueness, mm-hmm. I heard it. Mm-hmm. So is it the so they say followed right after by the they say that's throwing you off or... Just the last part in general. I think that part, and then also three lines up how the pause was set up with Mm. the artichoke and grapes and don't they know. Mm. I think when both times it was read, it was, there was a a pause um, that 
we want it there in some way mm -hmm. that wasn't there. Mm. I have to say, I really like the um, twice this, she won't make it, they say, they say the body, and then so they say, they say the dogs. Um, that parallelism there, I really like, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so I think the readers will see it in the show notes. Um, the way the poem is laid out on the page, the line we're talking about is literally four words. They say, period, and then a new sentence, they say, line break, the dogs died in a circle, mm -hmm. right? And so it's, an, it's a bold choice to do that on a line. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think right. that's the thing that's like got your attention now that yes. you might not have, have paid attention to the mm -hmm. first time through. All right. Well, I wish I knew for sure whether this was submitted for the monsters issue, mm -hmm. oh. because if it were for monsters, that's a that's a very clear conversation to have. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I don't know is um, Brittany Scott was uh, a poet whose work we discussed here at the Abu Dhabi um, editorial board. And we loved uh, a handful of her poems, and we sent her an acceptance. Um, unfortunately, the poems were snapped up already by other journals. So she responded by saying, sorry, those poems aren't available. But she sent us three more, and that's what we're looking at tonight. Um, so I would have to double back and, and confirm whether this is for the monsters issue. But it strikes me that it would be like an obvious fit. Yeah. Uh, if we were to consider it for the, for the monsters issue, it would go there rather than an unthemed issue. Yeah. So just because I want to push things along, <laughs> you feel ready to, to vote on, on Brittany Scott's After the Hunt? Yes. Okay, so in classic style, PBQ style, and I'm so excited to be able to do this with you guys because usually I have to vote digitally using Gchat and, <laughs> and you know, like pinging the folks in Philly with my <laughs> emojis. Um, we actually get to vote with our thumbs here, and I can see you do it. So ready on three. One, two, three. We have three yeses and a maybe and uh, after the hunt is in okay <laughs> <laughs> it's in congratulations Brittany all right Woo um great so we have two more poems by the same poet um the next one's called the party people can I get a volunteer to read that Samantha thank you read that poem for us sure the party people at these parties the people the party people aren't getting older and I'm standing around them adding the years to my stomach. And pretty soon I'll have to take their young, wet mouths, open for anything, and hold them up to the full moon of my breast, just beginning to wane into a half-closed eye. And offer myself as sacrifice for all the time I've wasted trying to get them to love me. Hmm. Thanks, Samantha. Okay, the party people. What do you think about the party people, Ben? I have to say this poem puts me right back in a place where I was in reading one of the poems that you were talking about, like I think last week or two weeks ago. Was it the pastoral with the brother or the other one no, about actually, the, other one. the party that's yeah. right, the party. stepping right. off the curb? Yeah. Right, right, right oh, stepping yeah. off the curb. Oh. Which none of our listeners will be able to know, rock because those poems are no longer available to us. They'll oh. find it but else. yes, so can you right. say more about that space? But it does, right. It puts me sort of in that space of... Um, Excuse me. Of the plague being <laughs> <laughs> of being um i mean not necessarily as as sidelined in this in this poem but but of watching people at a party and um and sort of just thinking about what am i doing here right and i think this this poem says a lot about what am i doing here and who are these people and um 
I'm still struggling with exactly what it's saying about mm. the people, mm -hmm. but I think that the way it sets up that space is is effective, and I'm I'm like wondering like mm -hmm. what is it? What is it? So maybe someone can help me out with with that. Well, I love that line, right? That um, she's she's standing. The speaker's at a party, right? The party people aren't getting older. Clearly she is, or the speaker is, yeah. right? And right. I'm standing around them, the party people, adding the years to my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Right. Is a, I'm yeah. sorry, that that had me. I'm yeah. like, I, I kind of snorted when I read that the first time because it's true. It's like if you're chugging beer at a party at a certain age, that just goes in one direction, straight <laughs> to your waist and outward from there. Right. <laughs> right. So there's a, I don't know, this sort of body consciousness too, mm -hmm. which seems... Um, familiar to this poet, yeah. right, mm -hmm. or to this poet's project, based on some of the other work that we we saw by Brittany. Um, but yeah, so body consciousness, awkwardness, um, a deep desire to be loved, and the god awful liminal state of being, sort of, uh, you know, in this in between twilighty weirdness of a, a party mm -hmm. that might be on the verge of going awry. You know, right. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I think there's also a certain amount of playfulness to it, right? Mm. Just in those first two lines alone at these parties, the people, the party people, right? And there's just sort of this, I don't know, it bounces around a little bit. And even the image of adding the years to my stomach, which is sad and truthful on the one hand, but also just like pretty funny because it's so true, you know? Um, yeah, it's it seems to be trying to balance this sort of like nostalgia for the good old days um, with playfulness and just sadness too. Okay. But then the tripendicular metaphor image, I don't know what, of like taking their mouths, right. their wet their mouths, young wet their mouths. young wet mouths, <laughs> yeah. open their for young anything. wet mouths, open for anything. And there's that wink again, right? right exactly. They're yeah. open for anything, mm -hmm. right? And then hold them up to the full moon of my breast, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like there's a, that's a, there's an image. Just beginning to wane. Just beginning to wane, yeah. right? So there's that, that sense of like, she's, the speaker's too old for this spot, right? Mm -hmm. Too old for this moment and yet a real desire to stay stay mm -hmm. in it. Um, I think to add on to that last bit, unique to not just being a wallflower at times at parties, but actually being an expatriate and being mm. in Abu Dhabi, uh, I'm moving into my fifth year of living here. And you see this transitory nature and this cycle of people coming in and out of this place sometimes. Oh, wow. And it speaks to me on this whole level where it's not actually chronological age we're talking about, but experience mm -hmm. and how you go to the same party and the people are getting excited for being in the new place for the first time, but it's not a new place for you. Now it's your home in some way. And it's hard to have conversation. It's hard to relate to that. And I think that maybe sometimes people who are a bit mature or who outgrow places uh, quicker than others feel that in high school or feel that in, in other parts of their life. But I think especially when you're living away from home and in a certain circle, you can yeah. feel that as an adult. Mm. Oh, okay. So now, okay, you're mm. reminding me of a film my husband made me watch with him <laughs> last week called Dazed and Confused. Do you know Dazed and Confused? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I hadn't seen it before. Um, and it is cinematic genius. Um, but the character played by Matthew McConaughey, who's like just too old for the party, right? Like mm -hmm. he's the high school graduate who just sticks around for too long and he's like hitting on all the really young freshman girls. 
like there's there's that quality of it too but he's mm. got this sort of like largesse this kind of mm. you know mm -hmm. like <laughs> abundance and and certainty and he's ridiculous at the same time mm -hmm. right like there's there's that quality of right. the expat life too right Completely. where you're just like you know, you're maybe hanging on a little bit too long. Right. You know? right. living like, college years. This party life, you know, yeah. which is, okay, not in the domain of the poem necessarily. Yeah. Like, I don't think Brittany Scott's writing about the expat life, but there's something universal about that party moment. And, and totally. being yeah. away from real life. Yeah. Like, this mm -hmm. isn't real, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ben, what are you thinking? I can see thoughts on your forehead. Yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> That tripartite metaphor really, I mean, you can pick it apart, right? It tells you about so many different things in this response to, as a response to seeing someone new in what is kind of your territory, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's like, there's this this metaphor of the young wet mouth, right? Like these, mm -hmm. like these young wet mouths, I can totally see how that is about being at a party, but also just observing, observing someone new. And it, um, it kind of helps me, it just helps me pick apart these three different things. Right. And I think I'm especially interested in the offering myself as sacrifice, which is maybe not so much, but, happens in Dazed and Confused, but, <laughs> but it's also kind of what happens, right? Like this, I mean, right. like being a senior, you're like, oh, I'm sacrificing right. myself so that you can be a first year and I won't tell you about how, <laughs> how it was, right? right. I think that there's right. that, that ending actually is having a lot more, um, is giving me a lot more now thinking about the greater realm of this. Anna, what are you thinking? I'm thinking... Well, we always talk about, you know, when we get poems in a bunch like this, it's hard not to read them together. Mm. Um, and I think that, well, and also just because we have our own backdrop of having accepted poems from Brittany Scott before and then not being able to actually publish them. Um, but I think that I'm just not loving this particular poem as much as this poem that we read before it. And I think it might be... Um, just because it, the message doesn't seem particularly new or interesting to me. I think that mm -hmm. there's some really beautiful images in it and some really fun, like, I don't know, not plays on words, but just some fun things that she's doing with language. But at the end of the day, I'm just getting the image of a person who's just outgrown something and doesn't want to outgrow it yet. And it's still yeah. there. Yeah. So I, I take your point, right? So if that's, if that's the idea of the piece, right? Like we've seen that before. So how is it that this poem is doing that afresh, mm -hmm. right? And is is it that the um, the full moon of the breast beginning to wane into a half closed eye mm -hmm. is not a fresh enough image for us? What is that? A sagging <laughs> breast? I'm like, I'm, tell yeah, me, I'm so. not going to go home and look at my boobs in the mirror. Definitely going to do that. I don't. My that? I don't know what's happening. These are they going in a direction that's looking like a half closed eye what is that I don't know if that's accurate but interesting you know so I guess that's it right yeah like it is it's 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 conventional terrain but is it done in a fresh way mm -hmm. and I and also what I think I hear you saying is that the first poem we looked at is cryptic and weird yeah and it made, totally. made you work at putting the pieces together yeah this one puts you in a, in a pretty familiar moment yeah and makes a comment on that moment that 
in, in, you know, in your case, doesn't give it to you. Right. New. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, my experiences with both poems were it, reading them for the first time. Neither of them I was super taken with, but then reading after the hunt again and talking about it, I was like, oh, this is so much more complex than I had initially um, thought and is interesting and beautiful. And this one, I'm still just sort of getting the same images, I think, and the same idea. Great. Well, what do you think? Are we ready to vote? Do we want to talk more about my half closed eyes? Um, which is actually a boob reference now. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. It is really. <laughs> right? All the time I've wasted trying <laughs> to get them to love me. Um, voting? Are we not voting? I think we're voting. We're voting. Are we ready to vote? Yeah. Okay. On three. One, two, three. Oh, look at that. So it's out, right? And this is, this is interesting. It's two down, one up, and one to the side, right? So... It's so exciting when we vote with our thumbs in, in proximity to each other, right? So that was a close one. But yeah. um, the second poem, Party People, is not going to appear in the Painted Bride Quarterly, um, despite an excellent conversation. Okay, we have one more poem by Brittany Scott. Um, and this one is, is uh, it's called Daughter of Wild Lettuce. Um, and I would love to hear somebody read it. Does somebody feel like? volunteering to read it i can read it all right ben it's you daughter of wild lettuce daughter of wild lettuce my mother plants snow peas behind the garage she works around the sinkhole that takes dry leaves and garbage all summer in her memory i am an almost abortion she plants marigolds with the tomatoes symbiotic bright suns bursting between the rows sometimes she knows love abounding sometimes she overlooks an entire season's glut and rot carries us through winter. In the cellar, plastic roses, night crawlers, unfinished half-hearted projects, the potatoes all seeing eyes and me damp through my nightshirt. No natural light filters in, so I only know the earth's eternal hour. My mother, an unstable gardener, tosses spare seeds into barren patches of the backyard. We won't know until spring. Sometimes new buds shoot up in the most unusual places, but more often they don't. Thanks, Ben. Okay. Thoughts. What are you thinking about Daughter of Wild Lettuce? It's a great title. I really like it. Yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, this is a more traditional form. Um, and I think it's more, especially compared to after the hunt, right? It's more approachable at first glance. Um, but I just, I actually really like the, this um, twinning metaphor of growing life and growing plants and um, sometimes the inability to do both, right? And sometimes it's, it maybe survives when it shouldn't or um, there's this sort of like, sadness, but also hope for both forms of life, I guess. Nice. Okay. So when you say the form, yeah, I think what, what our listeners might not grok unless they look at the show notes that the poem is broken into three line stanzas, all but the third from the last, which is, um, a two line stanza. Um, I'm not, and I'm not actually sure why she did that, but, um, but on the whole, right. It's, it's, um, in, in, in three line stanzas. 
Um, my mother plants snow peas behind the garage. She works around the sinkhole that takes dry leaves and garbage all summer. What? What's the sinkhole? Like, is that just like a pit in the back that's like taken up gunk? Is that like a, what do they call that? Like composting or something? Mm. Well, I just visited my first sinkhole. Did you last really? Week in Oman. Oh, I'm okay. sure. Okay. Are you serious? Beautiful. It's turquoise Spill. and interesting. Yeah. And what the hell is a sinkhole? A sinkhole is happens when limestone of some type caves in, and it reveals I a love, water pit. I love the painted red quarter. <laughs> <laughs> there are different kinds of sinkhole, but this sinkhole in particular revealed a water pit near the Gulf of mm -hmm. Oman, and it's closed off from the main part of water. The water is warm. It has fish. It's not salty. Um, but uh, I would say that what I like about this poem and with the idea of the sinkhole is the mother-daughter relationship in general, mm -hmm. and that I can't get enough of that kind of uh, poetry or mm -hmm. story, and this idea that maybe you don't always recognize what your mother's doing and you're always kind of thinking about this. Maybe your whole life you're thinking mm. about that relationship mm -hmm. and there's something sinkhole <laughs> about that relationship maybe. Mm. Well, and the image of a sinkhole is kind of beautiful in that it's not something that should produce life, right? It's taking dry leaves and garbage, not something that's going to bear anything. And yet there's still the chance that um, some buds shoot up in the most unusual places, right? And that's paired with this idea of an abortion, right? And that, she was an almost abortion, but wasn't an abortion. All right. Super generous reading. I have to tell you, that's the line that clunks for me. Oh, right? really? Like in her memory, I'm an almost abortion. Full stop. Right. Mm. That's just like a jagged in my ears. Mm. She plants marigolds with the tomatoes, symbiotic bright suns bursting between the rows. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes she knows also a nice sound love mm -hmm. abounding. Sometimes she overlooks an entire season's glut and rot carries us through the winter or through winter. Like there's that, like, as I say that, like, I, I really don't like that third line, the direct statement of, of I'm an almost abortion, mm -hmm. but the way she then sort of like pulls you through the next couple of lines, like she charms me and seduces me with the way that thought unfolds. Right. So mm -hmm. that there's a, I'm, I'm sort of ambivalent about the poem and, the, and its opening maneuvers. Mm -hmm. Well, I read it as that it's almost supposed to be ugly. Right. I had mm -hmm. the same thing that mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't taken in by that line and it didn't seem to match with the rest of the um, sort of beautiful flow that she has. But in her memory, I'm an almost abortion full stop and then paired with an entire season's glut and rot, right? And ending that line on rot, even though there's not a full stop after it, it's both of these, these paired images of just these ugly sounds. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, is glut a good thing? <laughs> If an entire season's she overlooks an entire season's glut, is a glut. What is a glut? Well, I I take that as like there's such an abundance right from yeah. the right. garden like it's a, it's right. a it's a you know this big massive stuff right uh, that untended uncared for unspent becomes rot right mm. so rot carries us through the winter and rot mm. carries us through the winter not the glut yeah interesting. Mm -hmm. But glut, yeah. gluttony is definitely perceived as something negative right. a lot right. of the time. Yeah. But yeah. also the idea that like overabundance produces something mm -hmm. negative, right? Abundance yeah. is good, but overabundance is rot. In the cellar, plastic roses, night crawlers, unfinished half-hearted projects, the potatoes all seeing eyes and me damp through my nightshirt. 
No natural light filters in, so I, I only know the earth's eternal hour. My mother, an unstable gardener, tosses spare seeds into barren patches of backyard we won't know until spring. Sometimes new buds shoot up in the most unusual places, but more often they don't. I actually say that, so I just read the second half of the mm-hmm. poem, right? And it it is, um, I think, Samantha, you helped mm-hmm. me see it. It's a complicated little, like, comment on this mother-daughter relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That... Um, and and we get that from the title, the daughter of wild lettuce, right? The sort of random, spectacular ignorance, desire, abundance, care, and lack of care mm-hmm. that winds into generations. Like that's it's an interesting dilemma. Also, it makes me think about women in general, and mm. do we like when women are? too abundant and glut and this idea that maybe mm. they're unstable gardeners. We, mm-hmm. we like a neatness to our women sometimes and we might be fascinated by them. Like maybe she's fascinated by her mother, but at the end of the day, does it feel too tangled? Does it feel too frustrating to deal with? And I think we ask this question a lot and yeah. I think she's asking it in a way that's a little different. Okay. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Are we ready to vote on this? Because I, I have to say, y'all changed my mind a bit, right? <laughs> um, I, I was ready not to like this poem, mm-hmm. right? I figured, oh, you know, gardens, mothers, <laughs> been there, right? But I think the unstable gardener and the reading of the complexities and contingencies of mothers and daughters, abundance and, and rot, you know, that's mm-hmm. a... That's that's something supercharged in in the imagination, right? And mm. it, yeah. All right, PBQ. What do you think? Are we votables? Are we readies? Ready. Are we readies? All right. So <laughs> listen, I have to tell you that is such an imitation of Richard Lennon, who invites <laughs> us over for wine and cheesies <laughs> on the regular. So are we readies? <laughs> is an homage, right? Okay. So let's get our thummies up. <laughs> okay. On three. One, two, three. Oh, Ooh. unanimously, including Richard, right? So Richard <laughs> Richard says yes to Daughter of Wild Lettuce. Okay, well, look at you, Brittany Scott. That's two out of three. Um, we are thrilled to pieces that you're going to uh, be in the Painted Bride Quarterly. We, these poems are fantastic. Um, and that wraps our All Abu Dhabi All the Time episode, which is both our first and unfortunately our last um, because this crew might be disbanding. Well, it's definitely disbanding for the summer and it's not clear what's happening in the future. So with that, I say thank you to Anna and Ben and Samantha. It's been wonderful working with you guys and hopefully we continue to work across the distance because that's the other thing that PBQ gets to do. If you um, have listened to the other episodes of The Slush Pile, we are Skyping to um, Philadelphia or G-chatting to New York and having this conversation across a global editorial table, and you are always welcome. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. you. And everybody else who's listening to this, let us know what you think. Check us out on Facebook. Um, uh, If you send us an actual Sazy to the Painted Bride Quarterly, we will send you an actual sticker for the (laughs) slush pile. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you and read on. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So we did it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)